Hey there, welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Today, Pastor Dave continues his series, Signs, and he'll be continuing his study in the book of John. Hey, our vacation Bible experience will be coming up August 10th, 11th, and 12th, culminating in a party on August 13th for all the families. Check out our website for more information. Also, if you've never been to the church or you're just kind of looking for a church, come check us out. 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. Come as you are. We do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. so easy to get just caught up, and uh, I know some of you are going through some really tough things and hard trials and battles, and, and this is a, a shelter, a refuge, right, that we come here and we can gather in uh, God's house, His house, and to be able to worship and engage Him in truth, and I hope that you're ready for what God has for you, because um, I know that He's got a word for you, church, uh, because He's working in my life, and I know He's working in your life and working in this Church, So let's pray, let's ask God that he would speak mightily through me, through the text, and, and, and you've got to be ready. How many are ready? All right, you, got, you guys are doing good. She's ready. <clears throat> All right. Be engaged. We can't just sit in church and, and kind of drift off and watch the clock and think about lunch. i got pizza coming, so I'm all right. I've got meal coming, but uh, ask that God would do something in your life as I pray. Father God... We know you're able. We know you're working. We know that you're doing something in our lives and our hearts. And Lord, some of us may be callous towards you. Some of us may be absolutely dead inside. Some of us may be broken and going through trials. And and, and you know it's best for us, God. And and you're working these things out. Some of us may be sitting here this morning and we have addictions that we're battling. and temptations that we're wrestling with, and it, and it grieves us, and it breaks us, and, and yet, God, we know you're in the midst of even those things. God, give us the courage and the strength to pursue you. Help us to listen to your word this morning, not just so that we hear a good message, God, that we would engage truth and then apply truth to our lives. Teach us, God. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak mightily through me. Lord, I am nothing without you and your Holy Spirit. We are nothing without you and your Holy Spirit. So we just ask that you would do a mighty work, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever expected God to work in a certain way because he worked that way before? Maybe in a previous trial or difficulty, maybe some sort of life situation that you're facing. See, as God's people, we have come to expect that when bad things happen, and bad things are going to happen, amen, God will always work in a time frame that makes us feel comfortable, right? Or the outcome will always be something that's good in our lives, even though we're going through great difficulty and trials. You know, I prayed over my kids before when they were sick whether it was a fever or some sort of illness or pain. And sometimes, sometimes, God steps in and gives them relief. He does the same thing for you and I. 
And then there are other times that, that they go in for major surgeries, that God doesn't work right away. He uses a different path, a different avenue, or late-night ER visits. Any parents know what I'm talking about, those ER visits? Aren't those fun? No. Just because God works in one way, in one situation, does not mean He'll work the same way in every situation that we face, but yet we expect Him to, don't we? The cycle of God working causes us to question. Question God, question our faith. Question sometimes God's ability in those situations, in those dark moments and trials. Question God's plan for us. How many have questioned God's plan for you in your life, in your situation? Fear and doubt tend to creep in when we're going through tough times, difficult times. When my mom went through heart, major heart surgery and then through cancer, all within a couple of years, I thought and believed wholeheartedly that God was going to take her home. When my son this last year fought through a rare blood disorder, I thought God was going to take him from me. I believed with everything that I am that God was going to take my son from me. And it grieved me daily. I had to push through and fight through just the emotions and the grief that I was facing, and yet God didn't do that in those moments. Why did I believe that? Was was it a lack of trust or faith on my part? Maybe. But I've stood at the bedside of those who have lost children. Lost children. In fact, last summer, I stood at the bedside of parents who lost a child. Standing there in the ER, grieving with those parents. It was difficult. I've stood at the bedside with those who have lost spouses, Those who have lost parents, and many of you here this morning have experienced the same thing. Such grief and and difficulty. Times where, where God, although we love Him, doesn't seem to be present. Doesn't seem to be active. And at times doesn't even seem to care about the situation or that dark place that we're living in. Times where God doesn't seem to be performing, that's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Doesn't seem to be performing quite up to our standard or expectation of what God should be able to do in those situations. See, we wrestle with these types of faith situations, don't we? Amen? Because sometimes things don't turn out the way we want them. We're going to look at the second sign in John's gospel this morning. Everybody say signs. You guys are awesome. We're in week two of a seven-week series called Signs. And my goal for us today is that we begin to trust God at His Word. Amen? Instead of allowing life's unpredictable circumstances to determine our faith choices and our faith steps, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it seems impossible to trust God. Let's look at John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 46 through 49. John chapter 4. You guys excited? Five of you? Awesome. Glad I'm here. John chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Your smartphone or tablet or Bible app. Feel free to use that. John chapter 4. Verse 46 through 49. 
Everybody there? Still working on it? It says this, Then he went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son, for he was about to die. Jesus told him this, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I love the official's response. He says, Sir, Sir, come down before my boy dies. We'll stop there. Come down before my boy dies. The first thing I want you to notice is that Jesus went back to Cana. Everybody say, back to Cana. The first sign we looked at last week was in Cana, which Jesus had turned water into wine. That was the first sign or first miracle. God has a way of bringing us back to places we've been to make an even greater impact than before. Amen? You guys stay with me this morning. Jesus heads back to to Cana, setting the stage for the second sign, this second miracle. There were certain places where, where Jesus went where it was dead spiritually. Absolutely dead. I mean, nothing happening spiritually in the lives of the people that were there. And you would have thought that Jesus, of all people, uh, that that he would have spent most of his time and energy and resources in these places, but that wasn't the case. In fact, at times he told his disciples not to waste their time in those places. Times were, or places where they wouldn't receive the gospel, where the seed wouldn't take root within them where they wouldn't believe. Does that make sense? Does that seem harsh? Remember, John's goal in writing these signs was for the purpose of lost people believing in Christ. That was the purpose. Matthew 10, 14 says, If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, this is great, I love this, leave that home or town and kick the dust off your feet. Basically, move on. Move to another place. Places where they will receive the word. There were places where people responded to the gospel, so they moved on. They responded differently to Jesus and and the gospel. They responded in faith. They simply believed. They were engaged. Amen? They were hungry for, for more of God, more of His teaching, more of Him. Not just of what He could do, not what He could produce for them in their lives, but of the presence of God. That's what they desired. That's what they were hungry for. In fact, there were times that Jesus Christ Himself decided to move to a different location because He knew the harvest would be greater. Isn't that sweet? Let me just say this while we're on the topic. I believe with all my heart that God has chosen this church for greater things. Amen? That God has chosen this church and that we're a special place, or have a special place in His heart to to reap a harvest in this area so great that our own property will not be able to contain it. Amen? We've just begun to see what God is doing. Here's why. You ready? I believe our church has been receptive. I believe you all have been receptive. I believe we we are being 
teachable, right? Usable for what God wants to do in and through us and in the church. We are hungry and desperate for more of God. I believe that's why you're here. You're not here to just play church or attend a service. You want more of God. Three people have given their lives to Christ in the last few months. Amen? Seventeen baptized. Church. That's amazing. We're actually going to baptize a little one this morning at the end of service. More are following suit. More are wanting to make those faith steps and do what God has called them to do. They're not holding back. They desire for greater things and desire for God to work in their lives. God is doing something miraculous here. And we get to be a part of it. Isn't that cool? You see, God moves us through seasons and situations, places and and times where not only the harvest will be greater, but we'll grow that much more in our faith. See, these hard times that you're facing, you're growing in your faith. The trials and the emptiness and the difficulties, you are growing through those things. It's unpleasant. We hate it. Amen? But we're growing. And God is using it in your life to make a greater impact here. Years ago, after I first gave my life back to the Lord, after years of partying and living a life of destruction, in and out of trouble with the law, I hate to admit that, but that's the truth, I had a buddy of mine overdose on crystal meth. And it was devastating. So you didn't know that was part of my lifestyle, did you? It was absolutely Devastating, partly because I hadn't yet shared the gospel with them. I'd hung out with them, we partied and did certain things, but I hadn't shared Christ, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and now gone forever, something I have to live with. But God sent me back to my old stomping ground, into an old lifestyle, not to relive those things or or to go back into old habits, but so I could be an example of his power. Amen? A, A light in a dark place, an example of his grace and his mercy. Everybody say grace and mercy. An example of life change. So he sent me back. I prayed with friends of mine and shared Jesus with them for the first time, and they're like, who are you? What has happened to you? What's different? Something's different about you. God did something in me. God sometimes sends us back to make a greater impact, and not just in our life, but in the lives around us. Doesn't he? So, so if you're in, in a familiar place, and it's uncomfortable, even if it's a dark place, it's okay. God is doing something miraculous in that trial, in that situation, in that place. You must trust Him. Amen? You guys have been so good today. I love preaching to you all. Jesus went back to Cana. I love that. He went, to, he went back to Canaan. It says that a nobleman approached Jesus about a problem. His son was sick. 
Notice this man traveled from Capernaum, about a 20-mile hike. It was a little bit of a journey for him. Sometimes, everybody say sometimes. God mobilizes us to receive the blessings he has for us. To, to receive help, to receive answers that we're looking for, that we're searching for. We get used to this pace of life, don't we? This fast pace of life. Text messages, high-speed internet, fast food, delivery services, one-day shipping. That we expect God to work the same way. You guilty? In every situation. In every moment of weakness, every battle, every dark place. You know, this past week I got a call from Marshfield, and they moved up my appointment, which praise God for that. Seven, yeah, amen. We, we had a, a rough night Thursday night, and I was telling Cindy Friday morning, I just need God to work in this and for them to call and get me in. And, and uh, just a few minutes later, Marshfield calls that we had a surgery canceled, and we're going to have you come in for testing and Jill and I prayed Thursday night that God would, would move it up, that God would speed up the process. Uh, church, dealing with chronic pain isn't easy. Some of you understand that and know that. In fact, it's probably the most difficult thing that I've had to endure. I, I want to be the old me. I want to have energy and strength and not feel so much pain. I, I want relief. Can, can you relate to that? Maybe you want relief this morning from something. I want God to move quickly. And God has made me wait for an entire year. Entire year. I started getting sick actually last May. And it's been a journey. It's been grueling. It's been difficult. He's made me wait. We don't like to wait, amen? amen? We want God to work right now, don't we? And yet He makes us wait. Sometimes God gives us problems that only He can solve in His time frame. His way, right? What's your battle look like? I know my battle. I've shared my battle with you. What's your battle look like? What's been your ongoing struggle for days on end, for months, for years? What, what's your fight look like? Because we all have a fight, don't we? The, 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 the thing that you want God to move in right now, not later, not this afternoon, not this week, right now. God Work in me right now. Let me ask you this. What are you doing on your end to speed things up? I didn't know I had to do anything. Are we like that? What are you doing on your end to speed things up? Are, are you allowing God to grow you? Are you allowing God to work in this situation? Are you allowing God to, to draw you in and work through the difficulty, work through those moments? Are you allowing God to, to speak into your life through your trial, through your circumstances? We have to do our part, don't we? Amen? The official could have sent word for Jesus to come to Capernaum and Heal his boy. And it's not like Jesus wouldn't have come. Jesus wasn't restrained to a certain place or location. He, he probably would have traveled back that way to, to help this family and help this boy. But it says, the nobleman went to Jesus. Isn't that cool? No? Not cool? Are you done, Pastor? The nobleman went to Jesus. 
Some of you are waiting for God to meet you. That's why you're here. You're waiting for God to meet you in a time frame that's somewhat unrealistic. God doesn't work like FedEx. Deliveries aren't always guaranteed. You with me? Some of you are are waiting for God to meet you on your terms and in your way. Instead of meeting God where he wants you. On his terms. And in his way. The Bible tells us draw close to God. And he'll draw close to us. Isn't that powerful? Draw close to God. And the Bible promises he will draw close to us. It doesn't matter the trial the situation, the pain, the circumstances, He will draw close to us. Not the other way around. Other passages in Scripture instruct us to call on the mighty hand of God, the name of God, and to make our petitions known to Him. Not not sit at home, church, and do nothing about our situation, although many of us are broken and it's understandable but I believe God moves in mobile people. Those that push through. Those that persevere and fight and keep battling. God moves in movable situations. Maybe you've thrown the parking brake on. Amen? Many of us have. God, you're not going to move me. I'm comfortable. I'm broken. And this is okay. I don't want to go anywhere, God. How do we want to stay there? Amen? Don't we want God to move us? Don't we want God to work in our situations? Let the parking break off. Let God move you. Let God work. God's not going to move you anywhere and work until you meet Him where He wants you. Surrendering it all confessing. Can I just say this? It's okay to give up when it comes to trusting in God. It's okay to say, listen, I can't do it any longer. That's what he wants for you. You don't have to tough that one out, do you? The nobleman went to Cana, and here's the thing. There was no guarantee that Jesus would would meet the need, that Jesus would help in this situation. He was headed towards Christ, this nobleman. He was walking by faith, putting all of his hope and trust in one person, this God-man, Jesus Christ, the son of a carpenter. What great faith. Church, I don't know if I could have left the bedside of my sick son who was dying, and yet this man did, to go get Jesus, to go get help. From the text, it's obvious the nobleman went because at some level, some degree, he he believed that Jesus would heal his son. He believed that Jesus would help in that, that dark moment. We're not told in the Scriptures how confident he was or how faithful he was. We're just told that he went. Amen? That says everything. See, faith is hope for things unseen. Everybody say unseen. Now say it again like you mean it, church. That was so weak that first time. i got to get after you. There are times that we, we must branch out and trust what we cannot see. Things that we cannot feel or, or even understand. Times where we must walk 
by faith. Does, does that mean attend church? Or a small group? Or pray a little bit? Right? What that means is when we're tempted to pick up the bottle instead of praying. When we're, when we're tempted to cheat on our wives or our husbands instead of working it out and trusting that God of this universe will make our marriages better and stronger. How about when we, we wrestle with sinful things and choose, that's right, I said it, choose to do the right things. Obey God. Make the right choices. Sacrifice, surrender, live for Him. Listen, church, life can deal us some pretty heavy blows, and we have to do our best to just keep trusting and believing and, and hoping, walking by faith. The nobleman finds Jesus and, and begins to plea his, his case, and Jesus says something profound here. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. First of all, Jesus didn't know this man. But you people? You people? This was a nobleman. An official, not some street peasant. Why was Jesus somewhat dismissive in this moment? Imagine how the nobleman must have felt in that moment. To be honest, I would have been a little taken back. In other words, I would be a little ticked off. Wouldn't you? How dare he speak to me like this? I traveled all this way. I I needed this help from him to get this type of response from Jesus, the Son of God, the the Messiah, the the healer. The, The thoughts that must have been running through his mind as he was searching frantically for Jesus as his boy was home dying. And Jesus throws the statement out from left field. What was he saying here? Did he not want to help? Did he not care about the situation, this moment? Don't we feel like this at times? As though God has turned away. Have you been there? Maybe there this morning. As though God's been dismissive to our trials and our situations and our hurts and our brokenness. Church, Jesus was speaking to the heart, don't miss this part, of the crowd as he addressed the nobleman. Listen to what he says again. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. I think this speaks to the heart of every person here to some degree, doesn't it? Not only do we expect God to do these great and mighty and miraculous things in our life situations, but we expect them daily. Don't we? God does so much for us. Many things in which we can't even see, and yet oftentimes it's never enough. Everybody say, it's enough. The other day we brought the kids to the lake. But before we left, Caden wanted new sandals. And I told him he'd have to wait. He didn't like to hear that. He said, Dad, I'm tired of waiting. 
I'm tired of waiting. Everyone else in the family has sandals for the beach. I am the only one who doesn't have them. It's not fair. I've been asking you since last summer, Dad. Dad. I know, son. I know. It'll happen. Trust me. You always say that, Dad, every time. Son, let's just go to the lake, and when we get back into town, we'll get them, I promise. We made the drive there and back, which is about an hour there and back. We bought them Burger King. They played and played at the lake. We get to Shopko, and the sandals he wanted were $26. (laughs) What? He's like, these are it. These are the ones. And he was beaming, Dad, you got to get. I was like, what? Twenty-six dollars. I said, my own shoes didn't cost that much money. They had the Nike swoosh. They're orange. They're black. They're great, Dad. Please, these are the ones that I want. I said, we'll have to go halves on them. I owed him for mowing the grass. He's kind of like me in that. He can wheel and deal a little bit. Twenty-six dollars. We did all that for our kids, and we get home, and the kids say, I bet we're not going to play any games tonight. We never do anything fun, Dad. (laughs) Dad, you never do anything for us. You never bless us. I wanted those sandals, and it wasn't enough. We did all of that. It wasn't enough. Don't we act like this with God? Let's just be real, church. Most of us, all of us, are just grown-up children when it comes to what we expect from God. Amen? God can never, ever do enough to meet our expectations of Him. We have to work on that. Don't we? This statement made by Jesus was intended to humble the crowds, not the noblemen. He was there for the right reason. He had done his part. He met Jesus where he was at. Sure, he wanted his son to be healed. But he already believed God for the miracle. Sir, listen to his plea. This is a father. His son is dying. He's away from him. Jesus is his only hope, his only answer. Sir, sir, come down before my son dies. I need you. Church, we need to be that desperate for God to work. Because I think sometimes we're not that desperate. We want God to work and we need him. We know he's the only answer in our hope. But we're not that desperate for him. We need to be. Amen? Sir, come down before my boy dies. Don't you care? Maybe you're here this morning, you've got things and burdens, and you've been saying, God, don't, don't you care? Don't you want to help? I need you to work. I need you. What an awesome moment. The Bible says this, I just love his faith. He believed and departed. Isn't that cool? He believed and departed. He believed and he departed. Church, my prayer is that today we will believe. That we will trust Him at His Word. 
that we will expect less from God and be grateful for more that he's already done. Hasn't he done a work in your life? Hasn't he done something, something miraculous? Hasn't he blessed you? Hasn't he provided for you? Hasn't he kept your marriage together, helped you in your parenting, helped you beat and defeat addictions? Amen? Absolutely. The nobleman believed long before Jesus ever said those words. He believed the moment he left the comfortability of his own house. He believed the moment he set out to trust God with his son's life, his situation. God is waiting for you to trust him to end your trial. God is waiting for you to believe in him to restore your marriage and your family. God is waiting for you to meet him on his terms to change your diagnosis or restore your health, to free you from your bondage. What are you waiting for? I'm going to the worship team come forward. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Every head bowed, eyes closed as the worship team makes their way up here. What is it that you're battling? What is it that you're wrestling with? What addiction and temptation have you been fighting God is your only hope. Can I just say that? God is your only hope. He's your resource. He's your lifeline. He's he's the one for you. He's the answer to your problem. Maybe God's made you wait. That's okay. Because God's working. Maybe he's, He's put you in a season where it's dark and it's difficult and He just wants more of you and more of your life and more of your heart and Maybe this morning you can do that. Every head bowed, eyes closed. This is between you and God, nobody else. This is the place for you to say, God, I need you in my life. Work in my marriage and work in my circumstances. God, I've only been sober a few months and I I need to work on sobriety. God, you're the answer. Help me, God, fight this and beat this. Maybe you're into dark things like pornography and it's an addiction that you just can't beat. And only you know about it. Not your wife, not your friends, not your family, not your church. Oh, that you confess, God, I have an addiction with this. Would you work? Free me from it. Free me from it. Maybe here this morning and you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Maybe you want to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you? Just slip your hand up. No one's looking between you and God. Say, today is the day that I have given my life to Christ. He's the only answer. He's my hope. Father God, would you continue to work in our hearts, in our church? Help us to get right before you. Help us to believe God, in your hand, in your works. We're thankful for all that you are and all that you're going to do. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, would you stand? And I'm going to have Bill and John come forward and Kira. Where's Kira? Is she in here getting ready? 
What a cool thing. I love that whether young or old, people are making these faith steps. Carol, I'm going to have you come over here. And Bill and John, if you want to come over here. Kira requested that these two do her baptism, and I think that's super cool. Amen? All right. Thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope the message spoke to you. If you haven't been to our church, come and check us out. We're on Sharon Avenue in Houghton. You can take a look at our webpage, HoughtonBaptist.org, get more information about our location and some of the things going on in the church. Also check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Lots of activity there. Houghton Baptist, the truth is spoken here. Come as you are, we do. Come and check us out every Sunday, 10 a.m. Be there. Thanks for stopping by and have a great day.